Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of all marketing school certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Hello team and welcome back to the Make an Impact Show. Can you believe it? We are back with our 100th episode. We had hundreds of thousands of downloads so far and that really fills me with joy like I've seen thousands of people coming back and to hear these stories and to connect with us our audience and even our members every single week means the world to me so getting to 100 episodes that's pretty dope if you ask me and I'm even more excited today because I'm going to be chatting with our cover star for the latest issue of the Creative Impact magazine which is Carly Rowena even better, you can actually connect with Carly and read more about her story through the magazine if you want to. So I'm just going to remind you of that if you go to creative input group slash magazine, obviously you can find the backlog of all our older issues, so you can access those, but also you can access this latest issue uh, with Carly for free. So the current issue of the magazine is always free for our newsletter uh, subscribers, so you can just pop in your email and read our digital issue. Now, it is our 100th episode, so we had to go in, all in. And this is why we talked to Carly about things like reinventing yourself, showcasing your old self as a personal brand, and so much more. And if you don't know Carly Rowena, then well, she is the founder of the Let's Sweat Workouts, an online community of incredible people from all over the world. She also hosts retreats to conquer Kilimanjaro, Inca Trail, and more, because she wants to encourage her online following to find a movement that they enjoy, and not think of what they should be doing. She worked with incredible brands like Nike, Sweaty Betty, The Lonely Planet, and even Virgin Holidays. And she originally launched her own activewear line in the front cover of Women's Health Fitness and is about to release her first ever children's book, My Beautiful Body. All I can say is Carly's true and inspiration, and I am so excited for you to be able to meet her and connect with her. I really hope you enjoyed this 100th episode. Once again, if you want to check out our digital copy of the magazine and get it for free. Go to creativeimpact.group slash magazine. But now, after having listened to this incredible chat with Carly, I hope you enjoy it. And what can I say? We will be back again very, very soon 
with more inspiration from you. So thank you so much for listening and being part of this journey for the past couple of years and so much more to come with 2022 and beyond. Well, good day. Good day, everyone. Good day, Carly. How are you in this fine day? I'm good. It's not a fine day. It's raining. Although I do like the rain because I do always think it's like a free shower. So you don't have to wash your hair, but it's raining today. So, ugh. I mean, I got, she's going to hate me now, but at the time of recording, I got sunshine. It's actually, actually, I mean, Carly, it could last a minute. It could last five. So I'm just genuinely going to embrace every second of it. But also, you know, you said you like rain. I genuinely love autumn now it's my birthday season so I guess it's also that it kind of feel like things come into a closure for me but in general I like autumn because people are slowing down without shutting down too much and you kind of have the best of both worlds sometimes so I, I genuinely enjoy autumn but you said you enjoy rain as well so I guess there's yeah, some- no, I love rain I'm like rain when a rainbow comes out the proper rain not the just gray stuff that just is miserable proper rain um but autumn is actually one of my favorites spring and autumn is always my favorite not too sweaty if you go for a walk I like the colors and it feels like something is beginning. So spring feels like something's beginning, but I always think autumn feels like something's beginning because everything changes again. So yeah, they're my favorite season. So you are my kind of woman. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> excellent. And now we don't need to break any ice, but we do it. So we're going to do it with you Carly as well. But it's always good to kind of get everybody who's listening who might not know 100% who you are to get to know you a bit better and just ease on the conversation. So I've got three questions. And the first one for you, which... I hope you're going to say what I think you are. Uh, So what would be a trivia category you'd be really good at and why? Oh, this is a really good question. A trivia category. I'm really good at music, but you're probably not thinking that. I'm really good. <laughs> Can I pick music as a thingy? You're probably thinking I was going to say something a bit more saucy, weren't you? Um, oh, no, no, no. I was thinking music. No, no, no. Oh, I was like, awesome. Yeah. Okay, good. Music. No, totally. I've been brought up on good music. I adore music. Um, it's throughout my day. I choose music over any kind of TV or anything any day. So music would be the one. The thing is, obviously, I've been following. You can say knowing you for a while. It's kind of weird when it comes to the. <laughs> you online. have known me for a while. Yeah. So, but because also obviously I follow you and also I can see your stuff. You pick good music. That's the thing. So I was like, and only a person who loves music. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I used to be a music journalist for about ten years of my life. Yeah. So. I can spot somebody who knows their music because, you, you you know, you go for Stevie Nicks instead of going. And I was like, please say music, please say music. So, again, it's nice to be able to do little things. You know me, you know me. Yeah, my parents had me quite late in life and my dad's like 79 this year. So, yeah, they do good music. And um, I'm, I mean, if Bon Jovi ever dies, I'm going to be hysterical. Don't talk to me for about a month. So, yeah, I do good music. <laughs> I love that. Now, we're going to go. A bit back, obviously, this is more about one of your passions, I guess. Now I'm going to go a bit back and ask you actually to go down memory lane and think about jobs. And I want you to think about the first job you've ever had. What was that job and what have you learned from it? I was a cleaner 
at a hotel called Park Farm Hotel here in Norfolk. And I actually had to wear the full maid outfit. Like think the sexy, you know, the sexy look with the little duster. I was very, I was like 14. So it's highly inappropriate. Um, But what I did learn from, (laughs) what I did learn from that um, is you can tell a lot about a person from their room and how they treat a hotel room. That's definitely for true. Um, And I think to be fair, that job was amazing for me because it taught me, well, it taught me routine. It taught me respect. And it also taught me to kind of keep my keep my stuff in order, <laughs> which has really helped me with business. So, yeah, cleaning was my first job. I was going to ask you also because I, I love also, I mean, this feels like it's a fun girly day, so bear with. <laughs> but I also love the way that you have uh, designed your house and the way that you obviously guys are like set up your house. And I'm kind of wondering whether in any way, actually, that job, has inspired you with also kind of how to make your own space a safe space for you for jazz for everybody else as well yeah definitely I think I my parent my dad is an architect so or was an architect so I've always loved the kind of dynamics of a space um and I am a little bit anal I'd say I do love things to be not clean but things to be like I would just move a bottle away and be like yeah that's good I love to keep like a a clear space but I have a Monica cupboard in every room you know like a Monica from friends everything if you open it it falls down but um all of my jobs I've done have you know brought me to the person I am now and I definitely think that first job I'm just so glad that I got a job when I was younger I see a lot of people now that haven't had that opportunity or maybe it hasn't been instilled in them and having that first job young really set me up for always wanting to work hard. I love what you mentioned that because now it's showing, I guess, showing the, the walk of life that we've been through. Like I, I was picking up pears uh, as summer. Like that's, that's where I come from. So there's, there's a lot of that that you can do. And I ended up odd jobs as well. And I just didn't do it because I had to, I just wanted to do them. I love that independence. And I think, and again, it might be a conversation right after the third question. There's a third question. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to hint at this. Is a reminder that right now there are so many opportunities for younger people to just jump onto, how can I call like different jobs that are actually more the virtual jobs and, and kind of this digital world. And it's great. But I find that if I hadn't had some of these more matter of fact little jobs without that much pressure as well, because let's be honest, you know that you're not going to do that for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, I knew that I probably, as you said, I wouldn't be the person that I am today and I wouldn't have learned some of the lessons that I've learned that are really useful for me right now. Yeah, I would agree with you. I feel like a lot of the time now because of social media as well, a lot of people are choosing jobs that don't have out of office hours. Or that you could do all the time and I do think it's very important it sets you up to kind of understand work-life balance when you choose a job that does finish at a time and you don't technically think about it again until you walk through the door and do it I do think everyone should experience a job like that whether you love that job or hate that job doesn't matter but it's good to have a job that is defined that's actually an excellent point I didn't think about it in that respect as well now before we go more deeper into all of this and um, my one of my favorite questions which is kind of related to the obviously what we do a creative impact but also the name of the podcast what does making an impact mean to you and why so making an impact for me when I started social media it was actually because I didn't know what I wanted to be but we can touch on that later but a a sideline of why I started social media is because there was no one around that was my kind of person and I was thinking I mean because the retreats and coaching and everything all came about because I couldn't find my group of people that were the ones I wanted to intertwine with and connect with so making an impact for me is kind of being making an impact on me to find my group of people and then through that 
those people have then become aware that there are people that are like them and it's kind of spread. And now I feel like I've got a community of people that just support each other. So um, making an impact for me was really all about finding that connection with other people, which is what I hope to do across my channels. I love that. And again, as you said, we're going to touch on a lot of these elements, but before we started hit record, you we were talking about, you know, depends on which Carly we're going to talk about, the different <laughs> of Carly. And again, I've been knowing you for a while, as we, as I was saying, I've seen the different iterations and we have a similar path-ish in the way that, you know, some things we kept, some things maybe you let, some things, you know, evolved. And I think that's happened because we've been around for a long time and it's kind of like almost looking back at that, but also, you know, I would love to hear for you, how has that shaped up? Have you found that this has been like a more of a progressive process? Do you find that there was some elements and some, I guess, events in your life, like obviously becoming a mom, that actually changed that? Or maybe it was more like the pandemic and that actually, you know, had the effect on you of actually figuring out all the different hats that you're wearing? Well, yeah. how do you think that happened? It's a, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because when I first started social media, which is a long time ago, um, I don't think I, I didn't start it thinking it was going to become my job. So I very, very quickly, I turned to YouTube because I was working in marketing for BMW and it just wasn't what I wanted, but it was a good career and it was good money and I could see my whole life there, but it wasn't what I wanted. And so I actually turned to YouTube to film videos to try and figure out what it was I was meant to be because I didn't have like a talent that said she should do this or she should do that. There was no like thing, Carly should be a doctor, that I didn't have any of these kind of things to know. So I filmed videos to try and figure out selfishly for myself. It had nothing to do with anyone else. And it was my followers that, that made me realize that I was really good at fitness. So that was it. First Carly appeared that did fitness. And that was awesome. And I love fitness. Then as life kind of progressed and I became a coach, uh, I realized that fitness can be quite draining because everybody wants instant results. For a long period of time, everyone just wanted weight loss. That's not fun as a coach. That becomes very sad. It's a sad place to be when everyone just wants to shrink themselves. That's not fun. So fitness was very important to me, but I realized that it was more about kind of the mental side that was meaning a lot more to me. So then I started doing retreats. So then you've got Carly who does retreats around the world where you come away with me and we go and climb Kilimanjaro and People break up with their partners, quit their jobs when they leave, this kind of thing. It's great fun. So I love doing that. Then I had Jax and I was so adamant that my daughter was not, I was not going to become a mummy blogger. I was not going to become mum online. But how foolish of me because I share myself completely. So mummy Carly was going to be online and that was what happened. And that worked really, really well for like a year combining it all. And now my little tiny human has her own brain and she says, no, mommy, I don't want to be filmed. So mommy Carly is going to have to like adjust because I don't want to make someone do what they don't. So that kind of changes. And now we're moving back onto like the pandemic and trying to keep people mentally happier and being kind to yourself. So you just get so many different hats, but none of these were planned. They all kind of accidentally tripped, fell and face planted into becoming me and new aspects of where this business goes um and in realistic terms all I do is listen to the engagement and see whether people are enjoying this or whether they're not and whether it feels organic and real to me and if it doesn't then I don't do it that's actually what I wanted to ask you because it's I think it was a trend again talking about being having been online for a long time it was more a trend it was more like a path that a lot of people would follow it's like well I am the expert at x y and z whatever that might be. So that's what I'm going to talk about. That's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to show up. 
and it was a bit more one-dimensional and at the time it kind of worked because it was so many people all coming together and people were like well I want to make sure that people come back to me for this and what I've noticed again people like yourself and other people that I follow and that I know is that we've become as you say a bit more multi-dimensional and it's interesting to say that for you, which I think it depends on different people, it became just from the different milestones and things that change in your life. And obviously also with the people around, especially Jax. And kind of like goes back to my question, which was going to be, you kind of hinted at it anyway. How do you find that balance between the different sides of Kali that you show? Is it fully or mainly dictated, as you say, by the engagement and what your audience wants and what they ask you? Do you find that balance also comes from where you are at? Because I feel quite honestly, and I know you talk a lot about mental well-being as well. It can get a bit draining when you're constantly trying to figure out what people want and constantly ask them what people want as well, because then you almost feel like they're shaping the direction of what your focus is. So we'd love to hear about that because I think it's, it's happening for a lot of people these days. I would say one of my biggest downfalls was shaping myself by what everybody else wanted. I think it's very important to know what your audience wants from you, but that doesn't mean you have to do it. Because I think, you know, for a long time, vegan was the trend everyone would write in their profile. Then it was fit fam in their profile. Then you put mummy in your profile. But, you know, you're not all these things all the time. Um, so I know what my audience enjoys, I think. But I might be going through something completely different. And when you are the brand, unless you are, say, I'm the brand, but I make clothing and I'm able to just show clothing, when it's you, you can't hide from the other stuff that's happening in your life, really. You can, but it becomes very disconnected and isn't a pleasant place to be. Um, so no, I always try to, I have like my pillars that I am, which is mummy and retreats and fitness and mental health and well-being. And I will flip through all of those. But depending on where I'm at, at that point in that day or that week, it'll be more catered to one or the other. And I think that's the only way to do it because I couldn't do this job if I had to fight with where I was. I couldn't fight with myself every day to be something else for everyone. Going back to the pillars, because again, I, I like that because I can envision them almost. Is it is it because you kind of know the pillars because you had a moment where you consciously thought, what are my pillars? Or was it more of a case of these are all the things that I focus on I'll make them my pillars. Is it something that you want to, or you usually not review, but you know, you look and be like, this is still what I want to talk about just to understand. Cause I love that idea. And it, you know, sometimes they come naturally, these things sometimes. Yeah. I should so I would say they've naturally kind of happened. The fitness one and the retreats one van life came in as well, because that became a very popular thing. Um, and mummy kind of thing. Obviously I also have an agency, so they make you aware as well. They'll be like, okay, you're kind of really, across it's good for brands but I always get I always was told and if you've had the same thing stick to a niche stick to a niche that's how you grow and I've always been like I can't be a niche because there isn't one thing that I love so much and it's a real so I was like okay if I can't be a niche then I'm going to be happy with my pillars that I try and like just go between all of those because you the problem is if you don't have a niche then People follow you and then they're happy to unfollow you because you're not always talking about the one thing they want. But then at the same time, engagement-wise and connect connection-wise, if you share more of yourself, people feel like they know you more, so you feel like you have more of a connection. So it's a really hard one. It's like, do I have the niche and the growth, but maybe less of a connection with my followers? Or do I have the pillars and have the connection, but maybe a little bit less growth? And total honesty for me is the connection because I want to do things like retreats and, and like coaching people one-to-one -one and helping them mentally. And I don't need mass numbers for that. I need people that I can actually physically see I've helped them. And I think it's a big realization for a lot of 
we call ourselves personal brands. I mean, it's kind of like, what do you call yourself? You know, like you are creatives, you are an entrepreneur, you can be so many different things. But I think, I think, as you said, there's been a very conscious shift and you are right. Like you can see that people actually have a different level of connection because they feel you're letting them in in one way or another. And I know that you said to me that you are open book, but how have you, how have you experienced and learned to set boundaries? Even if, you know, obviously you said we can talk about anything, but I still believe there are some elements obviously that whether it's in the things you talk about or sometimes in some of the, the amount of time and space that you give to people. And I think when you give so much, um, boundaries are really important because you want to make sure that you set some sort of like little kind of columns or pillars again. So we'll have to hear a bit more about boundary setting and how that is working for you and how you do it. Yeah, boundary setting, I think it's, it's a natural instinct. It's a gut instinct that happens. Um, like I happily talk about things like sex and relationships. I know a lot of people don't want to talk about, but I will happily talk about it because I'm thinking of it from the perspective of as an older sister or a mum to people. And I don't want it to be vulgar. I don't do anything that would be vulgar and make anyone feel uncomfortable. And um, when I'm sharing my personal life, you probably get 20% of my personal life. You, I just am very in tune with my gut feeling of does this need sharing? No. Also, I always ask myself before I share something, what, how is this going to help someone or be good for someone you know like I could share something and, and I enjoyed sharing it but does that bring anything to anyone no um and then obviously there's the mum thing I don't think you'll ever win there's so many people who you know they don't share their, their kids faces huge respect to that there's ones that don't even acknowledge they've had a child huge respect I was so thinking I wasn't going to share Jack's and then she's attached to my hip all day long so I never would have been able to film ever again and until she said I don't want to be filmed it felt good. Now she doesn't want to be filmed. That is her right. So we kind of move away from that. So it's the gut feeling, I think, is all you can go by. That's what I've been listening to. By the way, I now have sunshine. I just want you to know there is now sunshine. <laughs> Thanks for sending it my way. Brother sunshine. Okay. My, my job is done for today. Off she goes. Thank you. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm still here. Um, you're welcome. Actually, I had a question now going through actually thinking about boundaries and obviously talking again about, you know, like the, the mum life, what would you say is, this probably is really a really loaded question, but what is the biggest lesson that Jax has taught you? Oh my gosh. I mean, I didn't realize how non-present I was until I had a child. That's the biggest thing. And I wish everyone, even people that don't want to have children could experience something. The thing that they don't, that children don't, think about the past and they don't think about the future. They have no concept of time. Like my daughter honestly wakes up from a nap and she thinks it's still the same day. And she's like, oh, I was swimming this morning. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That was like five weeks ago. But she has it all in one thing. And they don't, they, they don't need anything particularly. They just want you. They don't, they're just so in on whatever they're doing and they're getting pure enjoyment from it. And I didn't realize how much I was either in the past or constantly thinking about the next. And in business, it's just never celebrating the wins. It's just always being like, I'm on to the next thing. Tick box, done my to-do list, keep going, what's next? And I am the worst at doing that. And so, yeah, Jax has taught me just the power of being present and, and sort of like enjoying the moment of being like, okay, I haven't got my whole to-do list done today, but I've been for a run. I'm now doing a podcast. That's really awesome. Jax would be so proud of herself. She did those things in a day. So yeah, it's the power of presence, which is amazing. 
I love that. And, you know, when you talked about celebrating the little wins, it reminds me of I was a really creative child myself. And I just I would create something new every day, whatever it was. And I would be so proud. And if I had somebody around me that I could show with my grandma, my granddad would be like, look at this amazing thing. And I remember like, the different reactions that like, they were trying to be like, oh, this was awesome. And sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes it was a half cooked pizza and they were like, I'm never going to eat that thing. I'm going to die. But it looks great. And I remember like that that was the thing is like every single thing that I'm doing that I accomplished, as you say, you know, I, I acknowledge that because, as you said, it was an element of being in the present moment and being something that I produced. And I agree, I think, especially in, in business, especially when you are the person that is leading everything, sometimes you forget that you're like, OK, I did this thing. Can I actually be proud of myself? And I found that um, I don't have a child at present time, but even just having um you know, my, my husband just sometimes saying to me, but you did this this week. And I was like, oh, shit, it's true, I did. And as you say, it's, we can do our best to do on our own, but whatever type of accountability or support or somebody else that can actually reflect that on you is a really powerful thing because it can be hard sometimes. And I know that you talk a lot about also, you know, mental health and well-being related to so many things, whether it's relationships, whether it's our own selves, but also the feelings of accomplishments and even being a mom as well. And I think is a great reminder because this is very cliche, but we can say one more time, the Instagram or the social media sure real. It's hard sometimes to relate to that. And it's kind of how to make a simple connection and be like, I understand because I had that thought too. Or I understand because I can relate to that. And I think it's good to break up that too. You know what I mean? It's kind of finding a way to introduce those conversations in a honest way, but also kind of being able to, again, you know, relate to people with that. Yeah, 100%. I found that my career is possibly one of the most loneliest jobs I've ever had. So I talk about that quite a lot online because I have been in the house. My husband left. My daughter's at nursery. My husband left at like nine. I possibly might not see anyone all day today other than you, which is lovely to see your face. But this isn't even like we're not even together. Like we're still, you know, zooming it. Um. And that happens a lot. And I think for the younger generation, there's a lot of people starting in this kind of industry or online or now working from home, especially from the pandemic and everything, thinking that it has positives, which it does, but it also is extremely isolating sometimes. And if you don't have a support system or some people to kind of praise you when you're doing something, I can do a load of stuff today. No one's going to know I did it. And if I'm not noticing I'm doing it either, you're never noticing any small wins that you're doing. Like I'll go and say to my dog, I just did. And you're like, okay, I've gone crazy. I'm actually celebrating it with my dog. But sometimes I just high five the dog to be like, yeah, I just did something today because you've got no one yet, no one backing you up. It's really, it's really hard. That's the biggest negative of, I think, this kind of social space is the loneliness. Sorry, I do love that you mentioned like you high-fiving Steve. That's going to be an image that's going to stay with me all day. <laughs> like, um, and for anybody who knows Carly, I think everybody's going to enjoy that image. And you're right, actually. I So we do a weekly wins post and thread like we'll encourage the members of our collective, our membership, to share their wins. And I was talking to somebody the week after. So we have office hours every week, just for context, when we chat and set goals and stuff. And I was like, well, did you share anything? I was like, no, I didn't have anything to share. And then after we talked for half an hour, I was like, well, you did that. You did that. Those are wins. So I lead by example. And every week I, I write something that I do, even if I'm the first one that writes it. And then obviously other members then start sharing because as you say, sometimes because we're nobody else to talk to and we don't have that time to reflect because why making sad, but why making the time to think about it? 
it, it can be really hard. And so, yeah, I agree. I think that element of loneliness and sometimes feeling alone also in our struggles, I think is a big one because, and I would love to hear actually how, how that works for you, whether it's more about, even in a personal professional life, is it more having like one or two people that you can connect with? Is it having the same person that you can go back to? Because I think sometimes it's just having voice in it, whatever struggle that might be, helps us feeling a bit more at peace. And I think there's so many things that go out in our head every given second. It's hard to actually make that time to voice our struggles. Yeah, definitely. So I, I mean, I've been in counseling now for, it might even be four years. I can't even think how long on and off now and for different things. And I don't even have extreme, I just want to always say this because I always think it's really important. I don't have extreme trauma in my life. I'm going to counseling for all sorts of different things, but I want people to know that you can go without there having to be trauma. I think it's been one of the best things I've ever done, having someone who's impartial to my life. You can kind of steer me when I'm finding things really tricky and it can be, oh my gosh, the smallest thing to something huge, but just having someone around to kind of help that. Also something else that I found has been really good for me is having um, like work dates with people. So going to a coffee shop, I mean, not much work gets done. Let's be honest, because you chat away and yeah, but just going and being like, oh my gosh, okay. At least once a week, there is a couple of hours where I sit in a coffee shop with a friend around people and I feel connected again. That's been really good for me struggle because I am the worst and I don't know if you're the same, but I really struggle to ask for help. And I think this business is a really hard one if you can't ask people for help. So I have a virtual assistant and she's incredible. She's like transformed everything for me, but she's had to like steer me into giving her work because I struggle so much to be like, could you help me with this? I know I'm going to pay you, but could you help me? Because I don't know how to ask for people to help. And that in business, if you've not been taught, that was probably my biggest downfall and having to learn how to get people to help you do your job. And then all the other things has been such a hard thing to work out. <laughs> to be honest, like I, I sometimes I felt a bit like imposter syndrome kicked in when I wrote a book called Reclaim Your Time Off when I tell everyone that it's good to outsource. And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm the worst I'm actually the worst I tell everyone to do stuff and I'm sitting here like I've needed to and I'll be honest you can like laugh at me now I've needed a full team for probably four years and I still only have a virtual assistant and I sit here going what am I doing and everyone's like can you and I'm like this is this year coming I'm getting myself that team um because I need that yeah I need it I'm so <laughs> I'm like help I need a team but it's like trying to find that isn't it and I make everyone my friend which is lovely but very stressful because you then can't like tell them what to do because I'd be like oh but you might have too much work to do or you might need to go home no, so, it's so hard that you have to just you what I do love is you very quickly work out your weaknesses and that's been really lovely because you're always able to work on these things but it might take you a little bit while to get around to them like it is for me so don't worry if that's your downfall as a business <laughs> to be honest I'll say something just just not to reassure you but to reassure Sure, anybody else might be thinking also I need the help but I haven't got there yet it it takes a lot of skills to manage people and it actually takes time to set that up like we're a small team but obviously I've got an assistant myself and then I got two big projects that I'm running one is creative impact and I got another one and for both of them I have a bit of help for each and it takes a lot of time so it's like you can step back and be the manager and oversee things a bit more but there will be a time where you have still to do a lot of stuff tell people how to do the stuff and then on top of it, manage everyone. So it's, it's hard. And I think that's one of the big resistances is like, it feels a lot of work because at the beginning it is, 
but it's a skill that you can actually improve a lot. Yeah, that's totally my problem. I'm like, I need to get a full-time assistant, like a real one, not just the online one, but it's the finding the time to find the person to do that, to then teach them. You're like, I don't have that, but that's the, that is the beauty that once you have, I mean, now I have my virtual assistant, I'd be lost without her. And there was that kind of thingy. But yeah, I just I just want anyone to know that we're all thinking the same thing. Like we don't have the time to do it, but it is one of the best things. And it's one of my biggest things that I regret I haven't done sooner. So watch this space. I will have a team. <laughs> now we've got one more question. This is one, so question. Okay. question. And it's the hardest question is a question that we ask everyone on the very other okay. podcast. And I think I kind of know already from some of the conversations we had. So I'm not going to say anything though. Carly, if you could have anyone, any one person, one, <laughs> dead or alive, see, she's laughing because she knows I know that she knows that I know. For brunch, who would this person be? Bon Jovi. <laughs> I just love him so much. All of his songs, I have lovely memories of it in the camper as a kid with his songs. Actually, Leon took me to see Bon Jovi as a surprise and I was six weeks pregnant and I didn't know at the time. So I have videos and Jack's dancers did Bon Jovi all the time. So I think I just, um, he's just good memories for me. I think, you know, like when my parents, when my parents pass on in the future, it's just going to be one of those people that there's a lot of memories associated and I feel like he's a good guy so no one messaged me and tell me he's not I feel like recently he bought like a load of hotels for people to live in during the pandemic and stuff he's done lots of nice things so um yeah I just yes for a purely romantic reason I would like to go for a pub with him so (laughs) there's lots of other people too but he would be my number one what is your Bon Jovi power song um I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to have, uh, no, I'm not going to sing because none of you need that in my life. But it's all from the Dead or Alive album. It's literally my favorite. I'll sing it especially for you later. <laughs> we'll see if anyone can guess what they would think that mine would be. I think it has the lyrics, we've got to go around again. So let's hold on in it. Is that, that would be the one. Yeah. So if anyone, that's the song, figure it out. <laughs> I love it. Carly, thank you so, so much for taking the time again. Now, just to remind people where to go if they have any questions if they want to follow you if you want if they want to look at your content and and kind of get to know you a bit more where should they go let's remind everywhere them. i am literally spread everywhere online and it's all just under carly where we know with a c and yeah i've got uh, my own website where you can do my workout classes i've got a children's book coming out really soon in like a week's time that i wrote during the pandemic yeah active where just if you search carly rowena you will find me everywhere um and usually with a big smile so i look forward to welcoming you over to wherever you find me thank you so much for listening don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode if you loved it please take some time to give us five stars on itunes and make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at Creative Impact Co. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group. <laughs>